to be recorded, but it's going to get recorded today. So praise be the Lord. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Wells of Living Waters. This is your apostle, Apostle Don, your sister, your cousin, your road dog, however you see me, but I am here for the glorifying of the Lord. If we have any more prayer requests, any more praise reports, anything you just want to say unto the Lord, the floor is open. The floor is open. If not, we're going to go ahead and move on into service. I want to say this because I hear it in the spirit. It says delayed, but not denied. It says delayed, but not denied. Now, when we got online, I felt some heaviness. I felt some people not where you need to be, but this is why you can't rush the spirit of the living God. When we get back into the place where God will have us to come together collectively in a building under a roof, that does not mean that we are in the church because, you know, we call our sanctuary the temple as of God. So don't be eager to run back into these church houses because you don't know what's under that covering. Church is not going to be as usual. Life is not going to be as usual. I went into a grocery store over the weekend. It used to be shoppers. Now it's called something else. Compare something. I want you all to know that we are in a famine of our food supply. Don't take it lightly. I keeps it real with you. Be careful on how you shop. And where you shop for your food. If you have to have meat, your best bet is to go to a butcher. Not to your local grocery stores because you don't know where and what is in the meat. Your main food chains, yes. These off-brand food chains, no. Be careful. Be reluctant where you go and get your goods from. Even your clothing. You shopping online now. You don't know who these people are. You don't know what the spirits are that's being put upon your products. Be careful. Keep your eyes open. Be wise in all doing. Let not your heart deceive you. Your heart's desire. Our parents used to tell us when we were growing up, don't let your wants hurt you. Because see, we can want something so bad that it's not even for our good. But because God loves us, he'll give us the desire of our hearts. See, right now we're in the book of Juanita Bynum, The Matters of the Heart. Not knocking the book and not knocking the author. I want you to go back to God. God judges us by our heart. 
Don't keep reading extra material without reading the Bible first. Because the the Bible is the number one translation of what you're going to go through, what you're going to see from the beginning to the end. The Bible is the basic instructions before leaving this earth. The Bible is the first tool that you should have in your hand as a child. When you get Christian, what is the first thing of the gifts that they give you? They give you a garment, they give you a coin, and they also give you a Bible. So therefore, we should be clothed in the majesty of God at all times because this is how you started out. We should always have financial blessings to come our way or finances in our pocket because you start off with a 50 cent piece. You should always have what you need because you have the Bible, which is the basic instructions before leaving this earth. So therefore, if you lose any of these things, you still have to ask God and he will replenish it for you. Now, today's topic is guilt, guilty. Now, when you hear guilt or guilty, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Guilt or guilty? What is the first thing that comes to your mind? Anyone? Deceivement. Okay. Shameful. Okay. Repeat that again. Today's topic is guilt or guilty. What is the first thing that comes to your mind? You said acceptance? Yeah. Humility. Okay. Anyone else? Humility. Humility. (laughs) Y'all saying some good ones. Anybody else? When you hear the word guilt or guilty, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? I got this at three o'clock this morning. And I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to share with your people today? (laughs) The word guilt came up. First thing off the top of my head, I'm like, Maybe that's just me. I just picked that word. Now nah, that that ain't what he said. He said guilty. Mm-hmm. Guilty. What are you guilty of? What is your guilt? Are you allowing your guilt to harm you? Are you allowing your guilt to keep you from the love of God? Are you allowing the guiltiness? To put shame on your face. Are you walking around with that target on your back. That says guilt. Guilty. Praise the Lord. Welcome. We have to understand. That guilt is is tough. 
That's a tough one. Anyone have anything to say or share about our topic? I'm sorry, my phone died. I had to get a charger. What's the topic? Guilt or guilty. When you hear the word guilt or guilty, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Wow. Uh, I'm a good person. Shady. Shady. A shame is something when you're guilty. You feel ashamed. You then then acceptance comes in because it's something that you are ashamed about. So. Those words coincide with each other with guilt, you know, because first you have to feel ashamed about something to even acknowledge the word guilty. Okay. And then the guilt, well, guilt, the guilt part. Guilty is the acceptance of you've been found, found guilty of what you are ashamed about. That's accepted because you acknowledge the fact. I am guilty. Of my wrongdoings or whatever that equality that has happened or transpired within yourself or within your life or within your surroundings around you. Or the choices you have made or the choices that you have allowed to enter your life or the choices you have allowed to ex- exit out of your life. So, when you say guilt, it is one thing is to be, you know, guilt comes. Guilty, that means you've been found guilty, and that's where the acceptance part of the guilt comes in. Amen. Anyone else? I um, I was thinking about it can also make you depressed as well as ashamed because depending on what you did to make you feel guilty, you feel ashamed and it can make you depressed because the magnitude of what you did it, what you did, and it could, it's a sin against, it could be a sin against God. Mm. Anyone else? I want to say um, burden because I feel like if you don't deal with what you're guilty of, it can be heavy and it can cause it to be a burden. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? And two, I was thinking all that everyone said was true because they hit on every little thing. Mm-hmm. And my thing was guilty. I feel guilty... Now, because I'll allow the devil to work and I didn't do anything to stand or I didn't even do anything to try to help the situation. So what I did was I'll allow it to go and happen and not just say, okay, just forget it. I'm not going to, you know, deal with it. And I understand what um, I probably should have said.
said or should have just done something or just, you know, walked away or something. But I felt guilty because at that time I allowed the devil to work, which was something that I desperately wanted to hear on Friday. But I just allowed him to go ahead and work. And then I just said, forget it. I'm not going to get back online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, also, um, guilt can also make you feel like you won't be accepted. Uh-huh. Um, you'll, you'll feel like the guilt will have make you feel like you'll be rejected by whatever, you know, whatever situation you find yourself in or whatever. It'll make you feel rejected. If you think you won't be accepted, so you feel rejected. So why bother? Mm. Anyone else? So, you telling me I'm so guilty from the guilt that I allow the enemy to keep me from reaching my highest potential and whatever God said that I can have or possess or even bring forth. Mm-hmm. Is that so? Sometimes. Hmm. It is absolutely so. So you're telling me I'm stuck in this season for over 10 years within my marriage, within a relationship, with my children, 
the way that I've been living all because I never allowed my guilt to be found unguilty. <laughs> See, we are supposed to lay down every weight, every measure at the feet of God. But because we don't, now you're walking around with the verdict that says you are guilty. God loves us so much, even within our sins, that he forgives us. If you're forgiven, why are you still walking around with the guilt? If you're forgiven, why are you still having a shame face? Why is there no smile? Why? Where's the substance of what you say that you have accepted? Have you not really accepted it? Do you not believe? Is it not so on your behalf? Did love not come and knock on your door this morning? Did not peace or joy entering your heart this day. But God said that I forgave you. Turn not to your sins. But move forward. And what did you choose to do? You chose death over life. You chose to live the way that the enemy said. You're supposed to live. With guilt, shame. Doubt, deceive, unworthy, unbearing. Hmm. I think we need to go back to this graveyard where you all have buried some things that God never said for you to bury. So I hope you got your shovels. I hope you got your plows. Some of you, you, you really need to go and get a backhoe to really dig up the ground because you've buried it so deep down in, huh, that you're still crying out. What have I done to deserve this? What did I do? The size of a mustard seed is your faith. But do you still really believe in your heart? Because if not, we need to ask God, oh Lord, help me with my unbelief. Oh Lord, forgive me for I did not accept what you said that you had forgiven me for. Or forgiven me of. What was the violation? What is the remorse? What is the regret? Why are you regretting anything that you have done? Because if you've done it with your heart. Huh? Hearts of the, 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 the matters of the heart. If you do anything on this earth, whether it be for yourself, whether it be for God, whether it be for other people. Are you doing it out of love of the heart? 
I don't think so. I think you need to check yourself. Someone has something to say? Well, let's look at it. Because, see, I'm, I'm going to take you to the word. Because you all have gotten so lax. You're not in your word. You're not in your Bibles like you're supposed to. And you think Mama Darius is still going to feed you the word. I'm not like the church. I won't be like the church. I'm going to be as God has called me to be the apostle to set straight, to help you open up what you're supposed to open up. Where's your business? Where's your ministry? What are you supposed to be doing for God? That's what's important. The enemy has blocked and stopped you long enough. Guilt, the fact of having committed a specified or implied offense or crime is a moral emotion that occurs when a person believes or realizes accurately or not that they have compressed their own standards of conduct or have violated universal moral standards and bear sufficient responsibility for that violation. Guilt is closely related to the concept of remorse, regret, as well as shame. We're going to come out of the book of Second uh, Peter. Ver uh second Peter chapter one. Now, as you all know, Peter is our foundation. First Peter is our foundation. Second Peter, and it says, for our foundation, as each one has a gift, minister it to one another as the main fold grace of God. Therefore, we all have gifts. We're supposed to minister to each other. We're a family. Just like the Mexicans, just like the Hindus, all these people, when they come over here to our country, to this side of the United States, they stick together. They don't leave one another out. Well, us, as a, a black race, African, Indian, Americans, we have to get ourselves in order because we are out of order. Where's your guilt? Are you your brother's keeper? Are you holding the hand of the one that God asked you to hold? Did you go back for the 99 as you being a shepherd over the house? Or are you as James, I mean, Jeremiah 23 says, woe be unto my pastors that scatter my sheep. Let's look at this. Second Peter, verse one, chapter one, verse eleven, and it says, 
For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Now it says an entrance. So therefore, we're not already in. We have to be ushered in. We have to be taken in. Right? Verse 12 says, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the presence truth. I don't want you to think that I'm going to be negligent on my part. And as me being the apostle teaching you the word of God and how to rightfully divide and minister to God's people, because you're going to come across many people that are guilty and some that are guilt holding, holding guilt, but you cannot speak with your own word to free them. So, as it says in 2 Peter number, chapter 1, verse 12, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. See, we know that people know the word of God. But the thing is, do you remember what the word says? So 2 Peter 1 verse 15, moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. Meaning when God has passed on, when we have passed on, God passed on, but he came to live for us again. But see, Peter is talking in this chapter. Peter as the as the apostle. See, we got to learn order. If you don't have order, nothing is going to come forth in a divine way that you be blessed. So we must teach people, we must minister to the souls as if when we die, you won't still be holding on to me because I don't live forever. To be absent of the body is to be present with the Lord. But when God is in control, when God is the head, the Godhead, that has never died, that never lost the battle, that never will leave us nor forsake us, that's who they need to remember to call on. Not, oh Lord, let me uh let me call Sister Mac Mac and call her and, and see if she can help with this issue because I just don't understand why I brought the underwear, they was pink, but now they white. I just don't understand what I did. I don't think I did nothing wrong. I put it in a washer. It said put it on cold, and I put it on cold. But Sister Magma can't tell you that you use bleach because she won't dare with you. 
but God sees all and knows all. He's omnipresent. So when you are in a stage of being guilty and you're walking around with guilt, you can't call on your sister and brethren to make you feel better. Why? Because half of them don't remember what the word of God says. Half of them don't even worship God. So now you're feeling even more guilty because now God, I've searched high, I've searched low. I've looked all over and I couldn't still, I can't find nobody. Everybody seems to be going through the same thing I'm going through or worse. Some of them act like they ain't got no problem in the world. So 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 13 says, Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir up, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Now you've gotten around somebody that's like-minded. Oh, oh, wait a minute, God. Okay, I got a prayer partner. Okay, now I know I can call sister so-and-so and we go into prayer, something happens. Something happens when I call this person. Let me keep calling them and in, 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 in conversing. Let me call them again on Tuesday and keep conversing. Let me call them again on Wednesday and keep conversing. Every time that you meet, something gets stirred up in you. Every time you call on for service at 12 noon, something gets stirred up in you. But when it's on your remembrance throughout the week, oh, Lord, I can't wait till Sunday. Because I, oh, 12 o'clock, the apostle has a word, or I hear something from such and such, and oh, something happens. This is why I give room to speak. What's on your mind? Do you want to give God praise? You may have been in a bound up situation all week long where you couldn't shout, you couldn't cry, you couldn't dance, you couldn't clap, you probably couldn't talk. But just this very day, you can open your mouth. You can clap your hands. Oh Lord, finally I'm at a place where I can be free. Second Peter chapter one, verse three says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Virtue. <laughs> oh, how how do we use this word so freely? So freely we use this word. Just like the word love. Oh, we use it like it's nothing. We use this stuff like it's tissue that we're going to flush down the toilet. 
Anyone have anything to say or share? I hope you got your pens and paper because you know I teach you different languages. So I'm getting ready to give you a Latin word of virtue out of our English language. Virtue is derived from virtus in Latin. In order to understand this Bible, we must study to show thyself approved. Don't think this Bible was conceived in English because it was not. What is the language that your heavenly father spoke? He spoke Hebrew. Hmm? So I teach you always, pay attention. You will not walk out from me to say, oh, I did not teach you. The Latin word is virtus, V-I-R-T-U-S. The meaning is a moral excellence. It is a trait or quality that is deemed to be morally good and thus is valued as a foundation or principle and good moral being. It is a behavior that shows high moral standards, doing what is right and avoiding what is wrong. Virtue. Now people wanna say this virtue is something that leaves you. You know, this, this is how you hear it in church. My virtue. Now you understand why your blessings are not flowing. Why when you pay your tithing offering, you're not being blessed because you don't even understand the word that has been given to you. From my understanding, virtue is about your morals and values or your standards of life. So as the word of God says in 2 Peter Verse um, five, and besides this giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperaments and temperaments patience and to patience godliness. Now, if you don't have, somebody tell me, what, first of all, Somebody tell me what are the fruits of the spirit? What are the seven fruits of the spirit? I mean, nine. nine. It's nine. What are the nine fruits of the spirit? <laughs> you have um, faith. You have wisdom. Uh, uh, I got it in my notes.
in wisdom. Um, faith, understanding, knowledge. Um, okay, may I say? Patient, peace, faithfulness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and justice. Now, still got wisdom and knowledge. You find the fruits of the spirit in Galatians five, twenty-two through twenty-three. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperaments. Against such there is no law. So the word is asking us to do what? Add to the fruit of the spirit. Virtue. See, this is why we can't be listening to Bishop Baba and, 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 and missionary tap tap because when we listen to them, we forget about the passage of God's word that is supposed to be on the tablets of our heart. It's supposed to be bound around our waist. It's supposed to be bound around our minds. Because we forget the word of God when we hear too much of the world way. Even in the Bible, they had to bind it around their wrists. They would sew it onto their clothing so that they would not forget the word of God. So, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 6, says, And to knowledge, temperaments, and to temperaments, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness is charity. Charity means love. For if these things be in you, and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be bearing nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're trying to figure out how do we come from this guilt or guilty stage to when we get to the point where we can't produce nothing. Nothing can come forth. Our marriage is not working. Our relationship not working. I don't feel worthy of my own self no more. I'm selfless. How do we come out of this? Well, first of all, you got to look at what the word of God says. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. The fruit of the spirit. Long-suffering. Did you not think because you gave your life to Christ, you gave your time, you turned away from the enemy? Because 
if you're picking up virtue, right? We're living with virtue now. Virtue says doing what is right and avoiding what is wrong. So if you're avoiding what's wrong, that means you're not doing no evil. Evil cannot befall thee. If you're avoiding Satan, therefore you should not be unfruitful. But some of you are barren and unfruitful right now. Why? Why? Does anybody know why? Come on, talk back to me. It's right on the tip of your tongues and you don't want to say it. Why? Because you don't want to be guilty? Huh? You don't want to have guilt? We got to look at this. This is what's going to set you free. So no one can no longer deceive you of the word. Because I don't want you to constantly be depending on teller evangelists to give you the word every Sunday morning or every day. You need to get up, pick up this word, and let God minister to you. The only and best teacher on this earth is God. I'm not knocking the, the human flesh teacher that God has created to teach us our daily lessons. But what about our spiritual lessons that overcome our daily downfalls? What gets us stressed? What makes the anxiety rise? What makes us want to commit suicide because of the guilt that was already forgiven on the cross at Calvary? Because of the enemy wants you to feel burdened, heavy laden. So 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 9 says, But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see after, I mean, and cannot see afar off and have forgotten that he was pre, um, excuse me. I, I don't think I read this right. And he was forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. I'm going to read it again. Chapter, um, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 9. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and have forgotten that he was purged from his sins, from his old sins. So, if you've been purged already, 
You done sat, you done snotted, you done cried. God done took everybody away from you. No one calls you. No one bothers you. You don't have to pick nobody up. You don't have to take nobody to the store no more. You don't, you just, it's just you and God. Now, if you don't think 2020 was the year of the purge for the whole entire world, we calling it a pandemic, a pandemic, coronavirus. Y'all better wake up. It's in the Bible. It's in the word. Oh, Lord, get coronavirus out of here. We rebuke coronavirus. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Come, sucker, lay hands on you. Get in this line if you got a thousand. Get in this line if you got five. Come right here if you got three. Come on down if you got two. But that same bishop, <laughs> that same pastor, that same prophet, Lord, why did you have to take them? Coronavirus done killed them. Really? Coronavirus has taken everything out of this world but your faith. Coronavirus has taken your loved ones. It has taken your ability to go out and shop freely. It has taken your ability of your health. It has taken the ability of your children, how you can keep them and save them. Coronavirus has taken your faith of walking with God. It has turned you into a fear ball. When the Bible says, you don't have a spirit of fear, but you have a spirit of love and a sound mind. So therefore, not only are we judging things of the heart, but now we can't leave out the mind because they're all connected. So what is on your mind that has you so bound that you are guilt bound, you are fearful, and you don't want to come forth? Second Peter chapter one, verse 10 says, wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Okay, I think y'all missed that one. Y'all should be shouting right about now. I'm sorry, we're, we're not in, in the church where we got to shout to show off our shoes or we got to shout to show off our new dress. Oh, I'm sorry, let me straighten my wig because I'm in church. And I just want to shout. You better see. I'm sorry, we're not going to say hallelujah because I want to shut up 
Sister Coco over there that was trying to talk to my husband last week. But the guilt has you walking around guilty. Because I'm guilty of wanting to go to church fashionable. Not that I wanted to impress people because I cried. I was thirsty for God. I used to go to church high. I used to go to church smelling like marijuana and get on the pulpit and sing. Not to boast that, I, oh, I'm so proud of what I was doing, but I was bringing the marijuana in the church, distributing it to people. Oh, honey, you ain't smoking the good stuff. Let me give you the good stuff. Not selling weed, but I was giving it to them. But when I was ready to let my guilt go, my demons, I took it to the altar. And I laid it on, I took the physical thing that was ailing me, which was marijuana weed. I took the sack in the church. And they still talked about me. Oh, she was, they said she got happy on the pulpit and the weed fell out her bra. No, the weed didn't fall out my bra. I took it out. And I had it in my hand because I wanted to hand it over to Jesus so that he can work it out for me. Because my word just told me. Wherefore, the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. How can you make yourself sure if you don't turn it all over to Jesus? For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Here it is, 2021. People talking about, how is she still preaching? How is her ministry still flowing? Nothing but God because your house has to be clean. Your hands need to be clean. Your heart must be pure and your mind must be set on Jesus. I used to go to church with the highest heels on, the nicest dresses. First, you want to tell me how to come to church. Oh, you can't wear pants. Oh, you can't wear your legs showing. Okay. I, I began to conform to what you, you trying to tell me. I still wore my pants, but they was a little tight so you could see my butt. But I wore a shirt that would cover the butt. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See, then I went from there, okay, because I grew up in holiness. So, I wore my dresses. Huh? I But I never wore dresses that were too short. But one day, I said I was going to try it. Come on now. Yes, Lord. Because, see, I'm a big girl with knocked knees. So, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try to wear my dress. I wore it to my sugar mama funeral, so I can still wear it. I'm going to wear it to church. See, I had those missionaries that will come and tell you, baby, don't wear that no more because your butt is too big, and I'm going to show you what you look like. If she didn't bend over and show me what I look like, I didn't do it no more. Huh? And it was tasteful. It wasn't disgracefully done. 
But I went to a real church that was about family and love, and they taught you this Bible. See, this is what we're supposed to be doing for those that are upcoming under us and those that are with us now. Okay. I said, Lord, I'm going to just find me some nice church clothes to wear. Now, we always find our nice club clothes. We in D.C., so we always find that stuff to wear to the go, go. You know, but you never went to the store to find you the color. God been saying, I need you to wear blue. I need you to wear blue. I need you to wear blue. But when you go to the club, and you see that blue dress, oh, this is going to be the banging blue dress right here. I'm going to rock this joint. I'm, I'm getting it. Everything you see in a store blue, you're going to pick it up for the club. Now here you are walking with God. God said, I need you to get that blue shirt right there. Nah, I ain't going to buy that. That's $34. I ain't finna buy that. It ain't on sale. I ain't getting that. Nah, let me go over here and see what else I can find. So you walk out the store with nothing. You still trying to figure out why I ain't buying nothing. I went to the store to buy something, but I'm not buying nothing. Because you're not listening to the voice of God. Come on now. Just because you came out the world, that does not mean the traits. Because didn't I just tell you the Bible said put on virtue? And virtue said in the Latin form. This is why I teach y'all the way I'm teaching you so you understand. In Latin, it says. You avoid what is bad, but you do what is good. As you have virtue, it says the behavior, it says the moral and principles of good things, the standards. So if you put up virtue, in your life walking with God, you're no longer looking for that blue dress for the club, but you're looking for that blue for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> so at this stage... You have not done what 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 17 says. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellence glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I'm in church. God told me, stop wearing, stop dressing up going to church. Don't dress up to go to church. You put on anything at this point and go to church. Huh? I stopped dressing up because people begin to look at me with a snarl look. Why? There was another sister where we go to the same store to dress. We all big women. Oh, we become the... We dressing alike. We looking like the Bobsy twins. 
Oh, they didn't like it. We all know when you have two different bodies, two different shapes, but the same clothing, which one look better on which one? That's how everybody looks at things. It's always a comparison. Who wore it better? It was the same thing but different colors. Who wore it better? So across the room, you waving, hey, how you doing? They looking at you like, nigga, please. Don't wave at me. Girl, go ahead, bye. Sis, it's the dress for me. That's all they looking at. The dress. So God said, stop dressing up. So I started to wear jeans to church. Everything. Who approached me next? The young kids. The young adults that watch us. They imitate how we shout. They imitate how we talk. They imitate how we walk. And they imitate how we dress. This is why you have to be careful on the things that you do because you always have eyes that's watching you. One of them came to me and said, ah, missionary so-and-so told me don't wear this dress no more because it's rags. Now, what she had on was appropriate. Nothing wasn't showing. All she did was Turn her old jeans into a skirt. And the skirt was dragging the floor longer than her. I said, let me tell you something. Do they buy your clothes? No. At the end of the day, if they ain't bringing you no clothes, they should not be telling you what is rags. I said, because as long as your backside is clothed and covered, ain't nothing wrong with what you have on. And don't let nobody tell you something is wrong with what you have on. So it takes us to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that we take heed as unto a light that shineth in the dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now all of this about guilt and being guilty. The utterance of God. 